Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today I want to talk to you about your tribe, your people, your village, how important it is to have people who are there with you as you're going through this, to not feel alone, and to fill the gaps that are created by the people who are leaving your life with new people. Let's do this together here on this podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried, and a stepmom to three, so we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. There is so much loss when a marriage ends. It's not just the loss of a partner. It's the loss of a life, a family, um, a lifestyle, perhaps, um, you know, a home and also people, Uh, you know, often even though you might be able to maintain a friendly relationship with your soon-to-be ex or ex's family, it's not going to be quite the same. There might be friends who choose the other side instead of yours. And there might be people that you decide you don't want to take with you into your new life because of things they have said or the kind of role that they've played in your life. So there is a lot of loss, a lot of people leaving, a lot of void is left, a lot of openings, if you will. So first of all, I want to address the most glaring loss, which of course is the loss of your life partner, your spouse, your husband, your wife, um, the person who you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with, the person you possibly share children with, shared a home with for many years, and so on. And I think the first thing we need to get our head around is that the void that's left by this person not being in your life anymore is can be filled by other people, not just by a new romantic partner. And I think that's a really important thing to recognize and accept um, and allow for. Because I think what often happens is this person leaves and of course there's a void. And by the way, whether you're the one who decided to end this marriage or the other person was, the loss is felt no matter what. If you're the one who decided to end it, you might have been feeling this loss for a really long time because you have, you know, you've been thinking about it. You've already, you're already feeling that emotional distance. You've already gone through the letting go of your heart, so to speak, for this person So the loss might already be really very real for you. But regardless, that's the one that will probably leave the biggest void right away. And what often happens is people rush into something new just to fill it. Or they feel so heartbroken and so lonely because that person isn't there anymore. And by that person, I don't mean just that specific person that you've been married to. I mean that that role 
is not filled. I think we tend to attach so much, you know, heartache to our our spouse when the marriage ends because we think that they're the only ones who can be in that space. You know, I often hear clients say things to me like, I am heartbroken. I don't think I'll ever get over this. Um, you know, this person was the love of my life. I will never love anyone else like that again. Um, I don't think I'll ever get over this. And it's it's completely normal and natural and all of those things to feel that in the beginning. I get it. But when you're still feeling that down the road, you might really need to hear what I'm going to say here. And even if this is early days for you, this can be hopeful for you to hear this. So what I really recommend to people is that they find their people. Um, you might be in the situation as well where maybe you and your your partner had left where you used to live, left friends and family and moved somewhere more isolated or at least isolated from the people that have been in your life um, because of work or something like that. And so you might suddenly find yourself in a city that you don't know a lot of people and where you just really feel alone without your family. They might be really far away or in a different country even. So things like that can make it feel even worse. But here's what I want to emphasize and talk about today is the importance of creating this new community for yourself and filling these spots with new people. And it can be like, it again, don't focus on the romantic partner. Focus on people of value to you. Focus on getting out among people. Focus on the people you do have in your life. If you're living in the place where you have your family around, you have friends around, let them fill those spots. Let them be a bigger presence in your life so that you can feel feel the fullness of what you have instead of the void of what you don't. I will talk more about where you can meet those people and give you some ideas a little bit later in the show. But for now, I want to talk about the roles that these people fill and more about you allowing yourself or allowing people rather to come in to your life and into your space. So when we're going through something as challenging as divorce, and this is why I am, I think I'm gradually moving my Rising Free community or membership name from, from what I just said to the village or a village of women, because that's really what it is that you need to build yourself is a village. A village has, think about an old fashioned village, you know, or even just a, a more a modern one. In the village, you will find all the people that you need. You know, there might be a doctor, there would be a, a store owner, there'll be a, a veterinarian, there will be a mechanic, there will be a florist, there will be, you know, and so on. And you also need people in your life. You need people you can talk to, people you can go and do things with, people you have things in common with, people who can help you with certain things. So even when people first come into my space or my Facebook group, I send them the separation checklist. It's um, a free checklist. But one of the big things that I, I talk about on that checklist is the people, your team, your tribe, your whatever you want to call it, that you need to build around you. You know, you need a lawyer, you need a a coach or a therapist or both. You need an accountant, perhaps, or a financial advisor. You need, you know, there's all kinds of people that 
you might need to support you. And then of course you need your family, you need your friends, you need people who understand, people who get it. And even in our friend category, if you think about your friends, there's many different friends. There's the friends you know are there for you no matter what. There's the friends that you have fun with, but you might not necessarily share your life with. There are friends who you only talk to two or three times a year, but when you do, it is one of those, oh, God, is good to talk to you because you just have this deep sort of sister connection, right? So there's friends fall into different categories and it's okay to have many categories of friends. It's also okay to just have two or three really good ones. The important thing is to let people into your life. When something like this happens, there are always people who want to help. The hard part, is letting them. Now, when it comes to divorce, a lot of people, unless they've gone through it, don't know how to help. And that's where stepping into a community of women who understand, or actually men, if you're a man, so basically someone who is like you, who gets it and understands it, um, and who is in it with you so that they're not going to pass judgment. It's a safe space to talk about what you're going through. It's a safe space to share pain and anger and crazy thoughts that you might have in the middle of the night and you just need to say it out loud to get it off your chest. You know, one of those, we all know those thoughts that we might not feel comfortable saying out loud to our mom or our sister or a person at work, but we feel comfortable saying it to someone else who is in the middle of it themselves because they get it. They get that thoughts can be really dark sometimes. And they also get that, you know, we need to get it off our chest. So it it's so important to sit down and think about what it is that you need and to let people help you. So one of the things that I discovered when I went through this was that the unlikeliest of people showed up for me and equally, the unlikeliest of people didn't, or the most surprising. You know, there were people I thought would be my friend, and they were not. And then there were people who I really didn't know were, would be there for me. They weren't necessarily that close, but as soon as I told them what had happened, they really showed up for me. I actually had a client. I was working as a personal trainer at the time, and um, I had a client that I used to see three times a week for exercise. So I was her personal trainer. I was a service provider. She was my client. It just so happened that the weekend that I had found out um, that my ex-husband was having an affair uh, on Monday morning, I went to see her, you know, as I always did on Monday mornings. And she asked me, how was your weekend? And I couldn't hold it back. As soon as she said, how was your weekend? I was like, I, I just remember feeling dumb, like dumbfounded is the wrong word, but like, at a loss for what to say because I could have just said, and I probably should have, but I didn't, I could have just said, oh, it was fine and said nothing. But that was a lie. I'd had the most horrible weekend that I could remember in my life practically. And so I wasn't able to get those words out like I'm fine or it was good. So all I, I think I said something like I was at the cottage and then I think the look on my face betrayed me. She right away, she asked, are you okay? And then I just fell apart and I told her everything. <laughs> so she immediately said like, that's it. We're going to stop the session. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is your session. She's like, no, we're going out for coffee. So we left and we went for coffee and she let me cry and talk to her. And the reason 
one of the reasons it was so comforting to talk to her is that she didn't know anybody in my married life. She'd never met him. She'd never met my kids. She'd never met my family or his family. She she was not someone who was in my life other than that she was my client. And it actually, it's almost like talking to a dentist or a bartender. You know what I mean? Like it's someone who's kind of outside of your life. And I found that to be really, really easy, actually. And and she showed up for me in such a great way. She wasn't, she never pressured me to talk about it. She just, like every time I saw her, she's like, do you want to go to a movie tomorrow night? Or do you want to grab a coffee after our session? Or, you know... I have nothing to do on Thursday, so do you want to go out and grab dinner? Like, she just made sure that she saw me socially, so after, you know, in the evening, at least once a week. On the weekends, she often asked what I was doing, if I was alone, without my kids, as things really progressed. In the beginning, we weren't even separated, so I had my kids anyway. But as things progressed um, and things got more sorted, she would also ask me, if I, you know, want to do something on the weekend. And I also remember a really, really bad weekend. And I won't bore you with the details right now, but it was a really awful meltdown emotionally kind of weekend for me. And I like I called her at like 1030 on the Saturday night. I'm like, I, I can't be alone. She's like, get over here. So I got over there, stayed overnight. We had a whole bunch of drinks, but it was really, she was just such a non-judgmental kind and open person and she just made herself available she didn't ask anything of me she didn't pressure me into anything she didn't ask me questions all the time she was just there suggesting to do things to keep my mind off it and so that I wasn't alone um and that was she was hugely important to me as I went through that and I'm forever grateful to her for being that person for me she's actually not in my life anymore I don't I don't uh, see her anymore. We live in different cities now. She's moved on. And there's nothing bad happened. It's just our time together came to an end for, again, a number of different reasons. But I'm still so grateful and I will always remember what she did for me during that time. Be open to unexpected people being there for you and be okay with that. Try not to exist in the world where nobody can be trusted that's that's your belief and and it comes from bad things happening in your marriage for example betrayal and those kinds of things but allow yourself to be open to people unexpected people you might already know them you might not but be open to allowing people to step in and help you and be there for you and do things to make you feel better make sure that you're not so invested in being a victim of loneliness and heartbreak that you close the door to people who really want to help you come out of this. And I've done other episodes on being invested in our pain, so I won't get into that here. But in short, what I mean by that is that sometimes we tend to almost want to stay in our pain And I say that with, I'll say it with air quotes, but because we get sympathy and we get, um, we get attention, we get love from people and that feels good. But sometimes it, well, not sometimes, it always feels better to meet people on the more positive note and not from a place of being a victim. So anyway, like I said, I have other episodes that talk about that. So let's get back to talking about building your community, building your tribe, building your village, whatever you want to call it, whatever word resonates with you. 
I love the word village. I don't know, it's just become a word I really um, feel very strongly about because to me, it says small, it says important, it says close, it says um, intimate, um, and it's about you, in a way, choosing the people that are going to be in your life. It's one of the big reasons that I created the Rising Free membership or the village. Uh, I did it actually in response to COVID back in uh, April of 2020 because these women were going through this and suddenly were cut off from the whole world. Like they couldn't go out with their girlfriends. They couldn't go out and have a glass of wine together. They couldn't bring her in for a visit. Like suddenly they were alone and a lot of them were actually hunkered down with their soon-to-be ex. So that was kind of difficult. So we started getting online once a week and and we still are, you know, three and a half years later, we're still meeting um, every week and, you know, new women have obviously come in um, as well, but it's an opportunity to meet with the people in your village and they're in your village because they know exactly what you're going through. That's what, that's what those calls are about. It's about getting together and talking about things because everybody there gets it. And everybody there understands that you're in pain and everybody there accepts that you're grieving and everybody there is, or I should say, no one there is passing any judgment on anything that you're doing. It's little things like, I remember a woman reached out to me privately, like in a private message on Facebook. She said, I'm really afraid of posting because I'm so distraught. I ended up having sex with my soon-to-be ex and it happened only once and now I feel really ashamed that I did that and I said to her I said first of all no one here is going to judge you for doing that I would put money on that most people here have at some point had at least one more encounter with their soon-to-be ex after the decision's been made or after the affair has been discovered or something like that it again it's normal these things happen no one is passing judgment. If you need support, you need to lean on someone. Go to people that you know will not judge you. People you can be open with. People you can be honest with. People where you can just show who you are and be who you are. Because let's face it, when you're going through something this hard, it's really hard to put a lid on who you are. You know, you're under so much stress that having to pretend to be someone you're not and not being able to share things that are keeping you awake at night is really hard. You need those people. You need to release stress. You need to, you know, release the, the steam valve, you know, like it just, you need to let it out so that you can breathe a little deeper. You can sleep a little better. You can get through the day. And that is what having a community or a village of women around you or if you're a man, a village of guys that you can hang with and talk to. And then there's the family situation. So when I went through this, um, my family lives in a different country. I live in Canada. My family lives in Norway. They always have. And my ex's family lived uh, within a couple of hour drive from where we were. So they weren't too far away. And we, we used to see them often. And I mean, I was in this family for 20 years. I really cared for his parents. I thought they were lovely people. They always treated me really well. I know they really liked me. They were important in my boy's life. Um, you know, they were 
They were important to us and to me. They were my family because they're the ones I spent Thanksgiving with and Christmas with and Easter. And they're the ones who celebrated birthdays and that we have barbecues with in the summer. Like that was my family. I only saw my own family once a year maybe or once every other year. So, and I know that for a lot of you, you're in the same situation depending on where you live or depending on what's going on in your life. And then this happens. And depending on how it happens, you might find yourself not only without a spouse, but without your family, the in-law family. You know, it's unfortunate when the in-laws decide that you're a horrible person and they will have nothing to do with you. That is what my in-laws decided. They decided to buy into my ex's story and narrative and they just, I think it made them feel better as parents or something like that. I really don't know um, why they felt they had to walk away from me, but they did. So I lost any family that I had here. And that was hard because my own family was so far away. And in many ways, I felt that loss longer than I felt the loss of him. I don't really know exactly why, but I think it had a lot to do with that. I couldn't understand why I lost them. Like I could understand why I lost him, like he was having an affair. I was me that actually decided I didn't want to try anymore. I didn't want to try to fix this. This was the second affair, so I didn't want to go through this again. So I was the one who actually pulled the plug on the on the marriage. Um, and it was painful and all those things, but I didn't want to be with him anymore because of who he'd become and what he was doing to me. So, so that made sense. Like I could explain that to myself, why this person was not going to be in my life anymore. But I had a really hard time dealing with that they disappeared, that they stopped talking to me, that they wouldn't talk to me. Um, that was really hard because I was like, well, we didn't have a big fight. Now, I fully understood that, you know, they're his family and they have to be there to support him. I wasn't asking them to take my side. I wasn't asking them to to share anything with me, like information about our divorce or what he was saying to me. It was just, I guess I just assumed wrongly that they would stay in my life somehow that I would still have communication with them even if it was just little stuff like them calling about the kids or inviting them to things that happened at the children's school but as it turned out they wanted nothing to do with me because they out of loyalty to their their son's anger and hostility towards me so I was on my own I lost them as well and unfortunately because of that my boys kind of did as well because they suddenly, they backed so far off from me and some of my boys weren't seeing him and whatever, blah, 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 long story. But it was just, that was a loss that I felt really strongly for a long time. I really grieved the loss of that family. So I remember, so speaking of building your village, I went to my best friend, um, who'd been my best friend for many years at this point, like 20 years, and... I just said to her, I said, you're my family now. I said, I'm adopting you as my family. I'm asking you to adopt me. It was actually how I said it. <laughs> I said, I hope it's okay if I can spend some time with you guys on holidays and stuff. So this conversation came around the Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, actually, it was right after the Canadian Thanksgiving. My mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law, had contacted me and told me that she wanted me to come for Christmas and that she talked to my ex-husband. He wanted me to come and they wanted to do it for the kids. And then one day she contacted me to uninvite me. That was really hard. Um, it made sense because we were so hostile. It really didn't make any sense for us to be together. 
But anyway, so I contacted my friend and I said, I've been uninvited for Christmas. Can I come and see you? So I had the boys on Christmas Eve and then they were leaving first thing to go to their dad's and his family. And so um, I went there. You know, I just, and you have to ask. You have to dare to say to people, I'm going to be alone. Would you mind if I came over for a bit? Would you mind if I joined you guys in the evening? They don't mind. Think about it this way. If it was you and you had your whole family around and you were with your kids and it's Christmas and everybody's there and you had one friend who suddenly found herself to be completely alone and she called you and said, I'm going to be alone. Would it be okay if I come and join you guys for Christmas? Would you, would you be bothered by that? Would you be offended by that? Or would you just want to say, yes, of course, come over. We don't want you to be alone. That's what we do with people we love. So ask, ask people to take you in, ask if you can impose and they'll always say yes. I think, you know, we end up being lonely so often because we don't want to bother people. We don't want to impose. We don't want to um, ask. We figure, if, well, if they wanted to have me over, they would ask me. No, they actually don't realize Unfortunately, they're so busy with their own stuff, they don't realize, they don't remember, or they don't understand how lonely you are. You have to tell them. This is one of the ways that you build your village. This is one of the ways that you get help. And this is how you get through this. We are not meant to go through that kind of hardship by ourselves. Think about when the spouse dies. The community rallies around someone who becomes a widow. Whether it's a man or a woman, doesn't matter. The community rallies, they prepare meals, they take care of the kids, they show up, they visit, they spend time with them. There's a funeral, there's all these things that happen in connection with that. But when there's a divorce, there's nothing like that. There is no community meal tree that gets put together. No one comes and rallies around. No one checks in on you periodically. No one helps out and drives the kids around. It just you feel alone. I know I did. I felt so alone until I started to reach out and invite myself into certain spaces and also invite others into mine. I remember going to a networking meeting for my, well, to grow my business as a fitness person and a personal trainer. And um, I went to this networking meeting and I met like so many women that day who knew nothing about me. They didn't know that I was going through the worst period of my life. They didn't know I was a mom. They didn't know that he'd had an affair. They didn't know anything. You know how amazing it was to just be in a space where I was just Elizabeth. And that's all I really had to tell them. And that I could just be there around them and take in their energy and be lifted by their positivity and their inspiration. I remember that meeting so well. In fact, I joined that networking group and I started going every month because it was so meaningful for me to be around women who were not connected to my marriage who didn't know me as someone's wife they knew me as a business person who was in the business of fitness and that was incredibly um life-changing in a way for me at the time uh, I encourage you to find groups of people that you can spend time with both in the space of divorce, so, so support groups um, and communities, whether online or in person, 
that understand what you're going through so you can share that, but also to find new groups of people that are not connected to your marriage, that are not connected to your divorce, but that are connected to your new life. That's really, really important and positive. And you might be thinking, well, how do I do that? I have no idea. I don't know anyone or I don't have a business or whatever. Well, there's something called meetups, for example, online. Um, I think it's called meetup.com or meetups.com. Many of my clients have resisted this suggestion, by the way, but they've eventually gone on and they have found dinner groups. They have found dog walking groups. They have found um, book clubs. They have gone on trips with these groups. They go on weekend hikes with this group. They have um, well any number of things. There's a meetup group in every city for every possible thing. You can start your own. It's it's really just about daring to put yourself out there. And I know it's hard, but it's so worth it. And will you find some or come across some people you don't like in the process? Sure. But maybe you'll meet someone through them. You know, just open your mind. Open your mind to new experiences, new people, new ways of healing and growing and moving past this. You have two choices when you go through this. You can choose to sit in the past or you can choose to move forward. Everything else that you choose to do either fits into one of those two categories. So I'm sure you're thinking, well, of course I choose to move forward and feel better. But are you though? Think about the things that you do. Think about the things that you think about and say and talk about every single day. Does it support you sitting in the past or does it support you moving forward? That's an important question to ask yourself. Generally speaking, you can take a look at your day today. How am I feeling today? Today was created yesterday. Whatever you were thinking about and doing and ruminating about yesterday is how you feel today. If you're sitting in your heartache, you're sitting in your pain, you're feeling awful today, you're sad, you're lonely, you're missing your your spouse, then that's because you have been more invested in sitting in your pain, you've been more invested in thinking about the past than you have been in creating your future. You're here. This is what's happening in your life. You are getting divorced. Your marriage has ended or it is ending. Invest in your future whatever that is, start doing new things, start reading new books, start having new experiences, start meeting new people and allow yourself to find a new way forward that you might not know what that is. And you might make some mistakes and bumble through and go, my God, that was horrible. I'm not doing that again. Okay, fine. Do something else. But at least you tried. At least you took a step forward instead of taking a step backwards and just sitting in the pain. That's what I want for you. So some quick suggestions on how you can build your village, how you can build your community or your tribe, your people, bring your people into your life so that you can have a full life, not feel lonely, um, not feel that you've lost everyone. Maybe you have, but now you're going to start putting new people in it. And these people are there because of you, not because you're married to someone, not because you they have to be because they're family. They are there because they have you have found each other and they have a purpose in your life. And that is a beautiful thing, my friend. 
So meetups, I mentioned that, meetups.com. It's a great place to meet people. We're talking friendship here. Now, I, this is not a dating conversation. Um, you'll get to dating when you're ready for that. And that's a whole other conversation. This is about finding people who are going to be there for you when you do start to date and that doesn't work out. Okay, because that happens as well. So meetups is a great place. Church communities, um, the library has, you know, events like tune into your village see what is going on what are some events or functions or online things or courses or uh, uh, activities that are offered that you might be interested in try new things you know I had one client who um, had walked into a cafe one day and saw that they were hiring and she ended up taking the job just to be around people. She only worked part-time. I think it was a couple days a week or something. And I don't think she did it even very long, but at the time it was perfect for her because she just needed to have some reason to leave her house, to go somewhere else and be around people. It also showed her that she was hireable. Now she knew she could get a job if she wanted one. So these are the kinds of things that you can do for yourself. Pick up a hobby, but don't just pick up one you can do at home by yourself. Now go find other people who like to have the same hobby. Again, you can go to meetups or I don't know, go online, find a Facebook group, but find your people, find your village and get involved with them. I have one more suggestion and that is of course the Rising Free community. Last night, um, we had two new guests or two new people on our call and they were like, why didn't we know about this before? Well, let's face it. I'm just really not very good at talking about these things or promoting or selling, but they couldn't believe how wonderful it was to just sit and talk to other women who immediately understand how they were feeling. Other women where it was safe to just cry. It's okay to just sit and cry and not even be able to talk. You know, it's about getting that virtual hug. And I know it's not the same as being in person. But there, you know what? It's still so valuable. It's still so incredible to meet these people. And the amazing thing has been we have turned it into meeting in person. Because now that I run retreats, a lot of these women who've spent the last two to three years seeing each other weekly on Zoom have now met in person either here at my retreats here in my home or in Costa Rica, we're going again, again in March. Uh, it's almost sold out. I'll put the link below. And we're going to Italy in June. Also put the link below. The spots are already filling up. But what I'm saying is there's something really incredible about meeting online every week and talking and sharing the most difficult time of your life and not only getting support, by the way, but giving support. And then maybe one day you'll actually get to meet them and me in person because I would love that. Okay, I have rambled on about this for a long time now, so I'm going to stop. But I hope, I hope that you have heard the overriding message here, which is you, there's no reason to do this alone. We were not meant to go through such hardship all by ourselves. Just because you've lost your spouse, someone who maybe used to be your best friend, your soulmate, your partner in life, this person is not there for you anymore. You can fill that void with one other person, two other people, lots of people. You can fill that void with experiences that you choose. You just have to choose to fill it. Instead of crying over the empty spot, 
start finding people who can be there for you. They're everywhere and they want to help. We are waiting for you. If you cannot find anything or anyone else, we have a spot for you and we would really like to meet you, to get to know you and to see you every week so we can heal and grow and rise together. That is what the Rising Free Community, my village, is all about. So thank you, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking that time for yourself. I'm truly grateful that you allow me into your headset every week. So until next week, I hope you have the most beautiful day and I really hope to see you on one of our calls really soon. All the information will be below in the show notes. I'll talk to you then. Bye.